Hi everyone, you're listening to the Bialucci Podcast. Uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it. We hope you enjoy the show. Podcast uh, intro time. Yeah, you you're a bit premature there. I thought you were desperate to get I was. I was. It's a competition. Yeah. Uh Mock O'Keefe, the gay Risto. Is it <laughs> our guest today? The gay Aristo. Aristo. Why yeah, do yes. I do I say it is Aristo? Aristo. What does that mean? It's uh, aristocracy. Uh, yeah, it's a, oh, okay. it's a shortening of yeah, aristocracy. Yeah. It's like, the it's mock. Like, I've never yeah. heard that before. So mock is a family name. So um, I'm uh, I'm named after my uncle and his uncle, and it's a family name. And everyone, I mean, people sort of people don't know how to respond when I say yeah. mock. I often get called like uh, M O C K or M O W or mook. Right. But yeah, mock. Mook. Mook. It's even worse. Um, people can't spell it. Two e's, two s. But I've, I've right, had yeah. name badges with oak leaf on it. I've had Mr. O'Keefe, all sorts of. Things. And the, so the mock's the first name that's handed down. Yeah. Yeah. And what what does it mean? I mean, usually. So it's the fact. I mean, it's uh, I'm christened something else. I'm christened Michael O'Keefe, yeah. but no one ever in my family oh. has ever called Michael right, O'Keefe. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just a family tradition. Okay. If you call me Michael, I'd be taken right back to being in trouble with my mother when yeah. I was five years old. That's the only time. In fact, when I got married, um, legally you have to get married with the name that's on your birth certificate. Yeah. And the registrar said, "I can't call you Mark. I can't call you Mark." And I was like, "Well, I won't feel like married Joseph if I." Do you remember the, the tennis player who was going to change her name because she was bringing out a line of sweets? Sugarpova, whatever her real name is. Sherapova. And she was bringing out a line of sweets and she was going to change her name for the tour. I hope she had massive sponsorship. For called Sugarpova. But then the, the story went around and then it basically came out like she was never going to do it. But the story. Oh, it was, ju- it was just yeah, a yeah. PR thing. I was think, but it was sugar sweets. It, and I thought, oh, it's not like a healthy. No, it's just gone. Yeah, sugar. Oh, there are certain things you can't call yourself. Like you can't call yourself. You can't call your child queen. You can't call your child princess. I don't think you, in the UK you can't call your child Jesus, but you do in yeah. Spain. Oh, yeah, yes. I, At the back. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yes, I have a, a the t shirt. The man in the t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> rather, rather snazzy t shirt. Yeah. Oh, it's made this okay. day, everyone uh, talking about his t shirt. <laughs> First uh, thing I said, gosh, yeah, I yeah. know, I know. I've been getting lots of compliments. It's yeah. been fab. It's, it's been great. Anyway, oh, we've got to say what it is now. Oh, okay, I'm wearing a Fantastic Four t-shirt. Lovely. Okay, deal go. with it. Deal with it, world. Yeah, go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I am in my first. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. Speak to I'm us. nearly forty, and I'm wearing a comic book, yeah. obscure comic book t-shirt. Deal with it. Yeah. Okay. Right, go. <clears throat> there. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, just for my work, we do have uh, quite a few people who, um, uh, quite a few uh, African people who have um, aspirational names. Ah, and there are people called Queen and Princess, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and also though, for them. Doctor as a first name. Oh wow, name, that's or, amazing. Or, uh, Doctor, Doctor, yeah. No, so I'm doing doctors. a PhD. I've got to spend six years studying. Yeah. Can I not bother getting <laughs> yeah. the doctorate and just call myself Doctor O'Keefe? That'd be rather amazing that already. That can't be right. That's what I'll do. I'll change it now. Right, get he me on the phone. He can't be um, called Doctor. Yeah, there are people who call Doctor. Yeah. D O C T O R. Not yeah. like a weird... Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I like aspiration. My dad came here with £1.50, and I'm yeah. completely the, the product of aspiration and social not, mobility, not, so I like that. Not Indeed, to the podcast. Because it, it's, <laughs> aiming, it's aiming high, isn't it? Because yeah. you're like, right. But doctor, and that's so people, hollow. No, well, this person was a nurse, so... Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> so... <laughs> this does not sound legal at all. What? This doesn't sound like on topic. Doctor nurse. You're a nurse, call yourself a doctor. It, it, this is, I know it's starting to get into... Is it also an airline? Is that aspirational insanity? Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I mean, there's a balance between the two, surely. It, it's starting to get into major, major territory yeah. here. You know what I mean? I'm wondering if it's, it's self, fraud. <laughs> where's the self-fulfilling prophecy? And everyone has, no. everyone has stories of people they know who've had jobs like that. Um, we used to have a cook at my school called Mrs. Gallons. 
Okay, uh, that's fair and enough. There used to be a chap at um, uh, at sort of uh, the ordering bit where a BA, where my grandpa worked, and he was called Mr. Plenty. Wow. And he okay. was he, any orders he had to sign off on. Married to Miss Bountiful. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Uh, um, Do you live in a comic book? Well, <laughs> well clearly. A 60s yeah, comic book. Or as aspirations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a particularly, you know, cheesy 60s yeah, comic yeah. book, yeah. Um, but it's almost like you're trapped. It's yeah. just the sorting hat just goes, right, yeah. this, you will, Mr. Mrs. Gallons, you will be a school chef, you know what I mean? Mrs. Gallons, that's great. Yeah. I that's... went to school with a girl called Margaret Hall. Right. W-H-O-R-E. And her right, middle name yeah. was Anne. So she was Margaret no, no. a whore. A whore. But I'm not sure what her career is now. I think she might have gone to nursing, actually. But there you go. <laughs> or politics. I apologize if you're watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you've just said her name. On the yeah, first, yeah. that's her name. Oh, comic books. Uh, Thor, I wanted to bring up. Okay. Firstly, love the hair. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm modeling myself on it. Bit of pledge in the morning, I'm done. So I, that's part of, the, I saw the Thor ad. What's it called? Uh, I think you're, I'm assuming you're talking about love. Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Which is the fourth Thor movie yeah. in the um, Thor Mar- Marvel franchise within the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Directed I... and written by, part written by Taika Waititi. Right. And, and I've... Slight bob it, of the head there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say... <laughs> Once again, this is incredible wow. that the, the, the baddie is another bald guy. Every Marvel film... We've got no morals. <laughs> well, they're either British or bald. So he was bald. about Christian Bale. Well, there you go. Absolutely. But even when they do aliens, they're bald. You go, why do you hope... If that was any other group of people, you go, every time? You don't think, right, on the third thing, we should sort of, like, not make him bald. What is it? That, is it Chris think, Couchley, Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon... Because was he bald or just had a ridiculous hat? He had. He was bald, and he had some. So I think it's a cultural kind of. We've all been. We've all grown up with this idea that bald people are evil. I think it's something to do with masculinity. I think that's what it is. Yeah, but we've got more test. Despite the way I sound, we've got more testosterone than you. Yeah, but that's what I think. Which is why we've got no hair. Hey, that's well. um, Losing it on top, but that's my response. Own to it. Be that, proud. That's my response to people. I say that you know, if ever, sometimes people might take a dig, and I say, "Oh, don't worry, mate. It's due to a it's due to an excess of testosterone. <laughs> testosterone. It's something you're never going to have yeah. to worry oh, about in your life, a brilliant mate." Backup. And, like, <laughs> and they just it. go, and every time this person just goes, oh. <laughs> "So, do, from the inside in, because okay for me having to go from the outside. What do you think it is? Is what? it that it's to do with maturity and masculinity is seen as a threat? Like nowadays, it's too aggressive. I think." Um, I think if you take like some of these villains, yeah, and then you stick a little ha- little hair, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, like they look less aggressive. So that's yeah, what I'm they saying. look less aggressive because you're just like, oh, like Thanos, Thanos, yeah. big purple dude, killed half the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You stick a little short back and sides on him. You're like, okay, so what? You go to the hairdresser regularly? Well, maybe, it maybe bad questions, aren't vain. You know, maybe maybe there's a good maybe maybe yeah, bad aren't yeah, vain. Yeah. You see? So it's it all little right. things to... added into the fact that I don't care about. I'm just a one-dimensional yeah. image or need conditioner. That's another thing. There was I looked it online. I googled. It, I thought, what is some, what are the reasons for this? And they did say somebody was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Karim's just showing us a picture of what's his name? That's Thanos. Okay, with a hairdo. Yeah. And yeah, there is a sort I, of. I, I think it lessens the yeah, uh, the, threat the threat a bit. It's like, well, they said online dreads. So I think you'd just be like, oh, okay, careful. He's a, he's a white guy. I quite like the idea of dreads. Actually, you kind of like issue your order and go. Shh, 
I said so. <laughs> that would be really cool. And Just also, I'm thinking of the Predator now as well. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. Who does yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on, online they were saying it was to do with um, it actually accentuates the jawline and the mouth and the teeth, okay. therefore threat. That's okay, what they were yeah. saying. Okay, so like, oh, like yeah. yeah. So I, thought, mm, I don't know. I think it's to do with sort of manliness. Is I, I think you've been doing your research. There's only one Google. <laughs> Googling, I mean, Google. But here's the other thing. So you go, okay, so there is a thing of men, adult male, you're a threat to society. That's generally what's been done over the last few years. So within the show... To be fair, yeah. the greatest threats to mankind mostly been dudes. Like, thinking of the biggest pricks. If I can know, if you make a list of the biggest 50 pricks yeah. ever... But that's just because of where, like, you know, because of legacy and history and, and social norms that yeah. men have been, you know, at the forefront and I'm all for diversity, but they happen to be the ones that are fighting the wars. They happen to be one Indeed. that are running the bank. So they were, you know, and I think now as we get more diversity, we've got three, we've on our third female prime minister. Some people may love her, some people yeah. may not. But, you know, we've got more chance of having, <clears throat> more chance of having bad, baddie females as well. Exactly. Come on, come on, ladies, work yeah. your, do, you know, let, let's get, let's get some, let's get some lady pricks up in that <laughs> list. <laughs> I think there have been a few in history, yeah, been a few. We've already oh, started yeah. that. But anyway, so the Thor thing. So Thor, mm -hmm. if the trailer, he's basically been turned into a, a giggling sort of 14-year-old girl throughout the film. Like they've completely demasculated him to the point where it's like every scene, he's like being goofy and nervous and jittery. And I was thinking, wow, they've managed to take, what is he, the, the God of War or something? What? God of Thunder. And if you watch the trailer, you go, that is, I was actually embarrassed for him at one point, the words you were saying, because he's like jittery and nervous around this girl. And I thought, they've made him His ex-girlfriend turned up. Yeah, made him out to be like a, Every scene's like quite uh, nervous. Your ex-girlfriend turns up. Oh, it was embarrassing. Is there a thing though that yeah, actually that males don't don't really know how to behave anymore? There's a piece around you know whatever. I mean, it's just a lost skill for me. I was never taught. Yeah. The modern man, as you know, I'm, I'm incredibly old, 104, but the modern man kind of came out like 80s, 90s, and then you know we don't have the traditional roles that we had. So where what where are men? What do what role do they play? How do they how do they operate in society? Um, and as we're trying to get a more diverse society, when are you using your kind of white male privilege often to, you know, step on somebody else who hasn't had the opportunities that you have? There's a, and I think that, you know, it's being yeah, played the, out in films and in society. It's not equality. Large. Actually, this is part of what I was going to say. It's not equality. It's like we have to put one above the other now, which is, again, in this Thor, in the trailer, you know, the bit where he gets all his clothes ripped off and he's got the CGI body underneath. I have to check that. Yeah. Um, so there's, a, okay, equality. Everything's fine. Yeah, okay, right, I get what you're trying to do, trying to make sure nobody's a threat. Okay, the man he's a, used to be a threat, but we're trying to not make him... Okay, that's fine. In the same trailer, there's a bit where his clothes get ripped off. And he said, oh, you idiot, my clothes are ripped off, whatever. And then it's got the two females. And one says, hello, get him to put his clothes on or something. And they go, no, no, leave it on. And they're eating grapes looking at him. And I thought, right, so there's a man chained naked... And you, what happened to the equality of like that's a bad oh, thing? Oh yeah, but that's, com that, that's you can't go if well there's a man naked. That's commenting on the fact that men have done that for yeah, hundreds this, of years, yeah, and it's almost like ironic that men have done it. We're commenting on the fact that men have done it to us. Yeah, no, see that's not equality now. Then that's well, where we can now do what to you what you've done to us. That's not that is not equality. It depends how you interpret it. Is it a way of saying actually you know we are commenting on the fact that you have done it to us for for hundreds of years? That's what I think. I don't is. think it's commentary. Actually, it's a bit funny. It's it's just a bit of fun because all the ladies around because it's Zeus and it's 
it's what's his name uh, uh russell crowe does it and all the ladies around him faint so i mean it's not like he's not sat there embarrassed and everyone's just like oh my god what the, would you what the hell's down i like but the he idea just, he stands strong and he's yeah, but I, if it was a woman and that. the men i just i don't get it i don't think it's you can't be equality is not having one doing the same to the person that you did to them that's not quality. That's just. Uh, well, what I'm more interested in is the idea of a CGI body. Can you tell me more and how one oh, can it's get ridiculous. that? <laughs> I'm sure they can make. I mean, he's in fairly good shape. Don't over exaggerate it. It's like okay, it's a cartoon body on him. Like, it looks silly. It's like huge. I like, think that might be real for him. It's no. It's definitely not. It's yeah. not. They might touch. It, it looks ridiculous. It does it. <laughs> it's not him. He because he got like he did get buff in between. All what are his t-shirts like though? I mean, does he can can he can he compete with you for t-shirts? That's the thing. Probably not. No, there you go. He so does, you win. He does have <laughs> so one thing I've got over yeah. him yet. Yeah. Because <laughs> he does, um, I'm sure he gets all his suits for it. Because isn't he an Armani model or something? He's... Oh, when you get to that celeb, you're not paying for anything. They're throwing clothes at you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's my little thing. I just, but it would just make the bald thing again. I couldn't believe it when I, I didn't, when I saw the trailer <laughs> and it had Christian Bale, who the thing is, he's, he's a god killer. But at the start of the trailer, He's somebody that believes in God and he's walking through the desert with his child. And it's quite a, like an emotional scene. The opening's really good. Because yeah. it, it, they're dying in the desert and he's sort of praying to this guy saying, say, don't save me, save me. And the child just then dies. And then the God comes. He, what, what happens? The, he, the, God they, pops up. Yeah, they sort of, he gets, he's suffered and he gets sort of, he, he reaches sort of paradise. You know, <laughs> he dies, it, yeah. he reaches paradise and he meets this God. And he's just a complete arsehole and doesn't care. And he's just the God drinking yeah. and having a joke and just going, oh, yeah, oh, you're one of my followers. Oh, But that was like Greek, in, like in Greek and Roman mythology, again, the gods kind of, you know, they just play Mentioned, with us. Yeah. And there's a line in Shakespeare, aren't there? It's like, as flies to wanton boys are we to the gods. They yeah. kill us for their sport. Yeah. Well, this is it. He literally says, oh, he thinks I'm like here to help him. And the guys go, I denounce yeah. you. Yeah. But as he starts saying that... Don't meet your heroes. I thought, yeah. <laughs> as he's saying it, I thought, He's bald. He's going to be the baddie. And then he went, blah, 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 I denounce you. Well, we've got to start a movement, the Brotherhood of Baldness. Let's do like, you know, it's a whole new podcast, well, new branding opportunity. So, I mean, you know, we Bob. could get sponsorship from Polish. Bob. You've already got, it's already now going to pop. There yeah. we go. B-A-B's. There you Have go. you seen Kirby Enthusiasm, the comedy? Yeah. So obviously he's bald in it. And there's a bit <laughs> where... They call him a bald arsehole. Some, he, he calls no. the police and says it's a hate crime. Yeah, they're throwing t-shirts. <laughs> and the... the, the um, I'm uh, with him. I'm with yeah. him. Well, the copper, turn, the copper turns up. And says, like, well, I'm bald. <laughs> and he says, he said, but it's clearly like, man, he's shaved his head. He said, look, I appreciate the thing. He said, but we don't really class you as part of the bald because oh, you've chosen that. So you are not part of the bald because you've oh chosen goodness. that look. Now we're getting African American. When is a bald, not a bald? Yeah. Good Lord. Okay, we're going to have a whole new. Get, let's, let's, so, uh, like any community. It's called Harry Potter's writer now. <laughs> like any community, they've immediately fractions within it that are going to attack each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a sort of religion all over. It's human beings who are like, we can't even agree. Anyway, but I just thought, well, that's in terms of, you think the Marvels are trying to be inclusive, but they just go, oh, baldies, um, you're all evil. <laughs> I mean, that's quite give, it, give it 20 years. Yeah, give it 20 years. Okay. Anyway, so let's get off that and talk about you. Yeah, lovely. The <laughs> bald guy, the yeah. bald guy in the centre. Um, and you're not evil, are you? No, absolutely okay. not. Okay, no. good. Just thought we'd check. I'm warm, cuddly and inclusive. Yeah. Um, so, you're, the, you're, what, you're, the, the term L. LGBTQ. LGBTQ. Um, yeah. 
historian. Would you class yourself as a historian? Yeah, I'm a yeah. social media historian. I'm doing a PhD yeah. in history. Um, social media historian. Yeah, because history is really boring. Yeah. Like at school, I, my brother was the, the guy who did history, but you know, you had to be really clever and it was all about, yeah. as I said, white men and what country they're going to invade or what bastard they were going to recognise or not, etc. Yeah. And actually... I never saw myself in any way represented in the history that I learned about yeah. in school. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm the son of Irish immigrants. Lord Castlereagh, very interested in him because he was involved in the Acts of Union in Ireland. Um, you know, very powerful in the in the British government, aristocrat, landed estate. You think oh, really hot. You think really set up for life. And I was very interested from an Irish perspective. In school, I learned, as my tutor said, and then horrid man, he killed himself, and we moved on. And that all struck what, me. Who Hang killed on. himself? Lord Castlereagh. Oh, the killed himself. teacher. No, no, okay. no, no. But why was never discussed. Right. Only recently I found out Castlereagh was gay, was being blackmailed. Oh, he God. went to the king and said, I'm gay, I'm being blackmailed. He went back to his estates and he uh, slashed his throat and killed himself. Oh, right. Now, if my cheater at that time had said, had a conversation about gay shame, about inclusiveness, about blackmailing, I might as a 15-year-old, be more then? interested. Everyone knew. I mean, oh, things. Right. history's been edited. People don't talk about the, the lesbian and gay history. It's edited out, whether it's deliberately or because descendants uh, want to preserve the image yeah. or are ashamed of their ancestor. They've burnt letters. They've destroyed the history of, of, of gay people. Yeah, because they're not really modern culture. Right? They're always 50 years behind. So to them, it's a worse thing than the person in the street. Well, people even today, I recently interviewed a, an Indian a member of the, a, a member of the Indian royal family, Prince Mandava, and he's, he's very supportive of the LGBTQ plus um, community in India. But when he came out, he's the only out gay member of a royal family in the world. Oh, really? Only out one. I'm sure there are others. Yeah. If you want to come on my yeah, on my yeah, Instagram yeah. and talk to him, I'm very yeah. happy. But, you know, his family disowned him. His mother took an advert out in the newspapers and said, if anyone calls him my child, I will sue you. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So there's still there's still a lot of gay shame. People well, still who was the Brazilian fight. prime minister? The Bar Bar Boris... Oh, God. The, the, the current one, Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. Or oh, he stepped down, though. He's left now, isn't he? But I see the documentary on him, and he was saying out and out, he was calling people, like, on TV, using, like, the F word to describe uh, gay people. And they were saying, you can't use that. And I don't care. And he said, if my son was this, you just slap them, and it gets rid of it. This is like five years he ago. Also, but he also ran on a platform of burning down every tree in the rainforest and wiping yeah, out every indigenous person. Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't go to him for our moral values. But then if you look at someone like, if you look at what was happening in, happening in Poland, it's massively oppressing gay people. What's happening in no. Russia, massively oppressing oh, yeah, gay yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's actually, and, you know, at, at various kind of pride events over the world recently, we've had people being attacked, people being shot the night before pride events. There's still... Nowadays. Yeah, yeah There were several attacks um, thwarted in America, I know. Like in sort of, I don't know, Missouri, you know, weird. Yeah, and recently a guy just went into, within the last couple of years, went into a gay bar and just, you know, shot everyone. So there's still people who out there think that the fact that I love someone of my own sex mm. means that I am less than them. I mean, I grew, I grew up a Christian. I, I still go to church. It's still really important to me. And unfortunately, a lot of religious people feel that they have you know, the right from God that who I am uh, makes me less than them and that I will mm. go to hell. Whereas I think that using religion to oppress other people is actually totally against what religion stands for, which is about love. But it only ever gets 
religion yeah. is only ever brought up when it's to do with bigotry. Do you know, it's only when it can be used as a hammer to knock people down. You never hear about the love or anything. It's always to do, oh, religion, well, you can't this, yeah, you well, can't I, but, that. But, you know, that, that, I mean, certainly not the church that I go to. And actually, people go to, they're called the clobber clauses. So the bits in the Bible that say, you know, man shall not lie down with yeah. another man. It's abomination. You know, there's also stuff that says, um, if you wear mixed fiber clothes, yeah, yeah, course, you yeah. will, you know, you're yeah, picking choose. hell, mate. Yeah. So yeah, you'll you pick be spo- you yeah. get a death penalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and would you want to kill your child for me? That'd be great. And actually go and rape a couple of people over here. That's fine. So I think we have to look at what is the, you know, what is the kind of essence behind it. And I believe uh, most of the world religions have a message of love and diversity and inclusion. Think about, you know, I don't know if we're talking about religion this morning, but Christ sat down with prostitutes and loads of outsiders. So the idea that he would sit down with loads of straight white people and have tea in their great grand houses is just nonsense. You you could just bring up the fact of what would happen if Jesus was here saying what he did today. Well, then all these people that preach it, he'd get rid of him, get rid of him. it's, It's just that. I just think the whole religion thing now is just, oh, leave it, just let it, it's like a let it go, let it just drift. I don't off. know. I mean, for me, it's been a bit of a moral compass. It's it's helped me. Um, certainly, uh, you know, when I've had some troubles in my life. I mean, in, I said to you before we started that in 2010, I I lost everything. I lost my home. I lost my job. My, Twenty quid a week. My brother died. My father died, and my mother died all within 14 months. And at that point, knowing that there was, I mm. believe, there's something more than just the crap that I was dealing yeah. with, really helped me through. Now, whether you think that's a fairy tale or fantasy. Or for me, it's the truth that really helped me, you know, rise above and rebuild my life. No, but I mean, in terms of sort of like when people are using it to defend sort of legal things or like the abortion and things, you start bringing it. That's when the, that's when it gets brought up again. Religion, you yeah, go, yeah, well, yeah. no, that's nothing to do with. God, you talk about that. I mean, the whole abortion thing in America, Roe versus Wade. Mm. She's actually she was actually a lesbian. Oh shit, she was actually oh, okay. a lesbian, uh, and then you know she had she had a very troubled life. She drank and she had lots of issues and troubles, but she was trying to have an abortion and couldn't. But later on in life, she was kind of you know very poor, and she was given lots of money by the right and by Christian fundamentalists to go on television and to denounce oh, homosexuality, really? to then um, you know talk about how she was uh, you know anti-abortion now and then she gave a deathbed confession explaining <clears throat> i was really broke i needed the money and i am pro-choice yeah. but yeah religion religion ultimately i think is all is, is about love and that's what i'm trying to do with the gay arista i'm trying to shine a light on on history that has been deliberately or or not edited out yeah. to show that the lives and loves of historical people finally need to be talked about all people because yeah. there's an assumption that people in history were all straight mm. All of them. If you, if you, unless you know or hear about the fact they might not be, yeah. you assume they're straight. And then when you're 15, like me in a class, and you're worried about who you are um, and what life is going to be, and you're being told, you know, oh, you'll go to hell, unless you see strong people in life who share the same sexuality as you, you can't achieve your full potential. Yeah. That's what I believe. When you think of um, people in history um, that were gay, who pops to mind to, like, if we start from the beginning? What sort of... I mean, royal specifically? Yeah, I mean, uh, gosh, right from the beginning, like before the birth of Christ, there was Emperor Ai in China. You know, I think it's 4 BC, and he was getting on with one of his ministers. Yeah. Um, and there's a lovely there's a lovely story about how him and his minister, his boyfriend, they fell asleep on a rush mat, and they were exhausted from whatever they were doing. <laughs> they, they fell asleep. And when he woke up, um, his uh, his lover was uh, lying on, on, on the sleeve. You know, the emperor's always massive, yeah. long kind of oh, yeah. Ming the Mercy. Less sleeves, yeah. um, and he was lying on on the sleeve. And rather than wake his 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 lover, he cut 
his sleeve rather romantically not to wake his lover. And, and in China, for many years, a euphemism for homosexuality was the cut sleeve. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, we've had lots and lots of, um, of royal gays. The trouble is, because in history you could be put to death for yeah. it, it's not really written down. So you have to, through inference, through diaries, through the fact that they had favourites, yeah. I mean, that's a lovely term, yeah. the favourite I haven't shared a bed with. Yeah. Uh, they had favourites in his... I mean, I've got a favourite, I married him. <laughs> but, you know, the favourite I, I, I spend time with. So people like Edward II, who was the original Prince of Wales, uh, uh, the original English Prince of Wales, because the Prince of Wales was a title for rulers of Wales. When, when the English invaded, uh, Edward I invaded and took over Wales. And he announced that his son would become uh, the Prince of Wales. And since then, the, 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 the heir, heir to the throne, the eldest son of the monarch, uh, is the Prince of Wales. Um, he was gay. He had two very, very, um, very close relationships. Uh, one with a chap called Gaveston, um, who was killed by the barons because they didn't like the fact that he was influencing the king. They didn't approve of the relationship. And then he had a chap called Hula de Penser, who was a real evil, nasty guy. And actually, um, he, um, he got his comeuppance all hung, drawn and quartered. But uh, Edward II absolutely loved him. And diaries talk about the fact that when he first saw um, Hula de Penser, you know, he had so much love for him. Uh, and when he was, you know, when he was crowned in Westminster Abbey, um, Hula de Penser held the crown, literally held England in his hands and brought it into the abbey for the coronation. And when they had the, 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 the breakfast with his, what, with his, um, with the queen, um, you have to remember in those days, queen, you didn't love somebody, you just married them because you like, you yeah. know, put your countries together. Mm. Um, Hila de Pence's arms were around the, 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 the room, not, not, not the queen's <laughs> arms. So yeah. So, so yeah. They, the people in knew, it's just, we, it wasn't, known outside of that yeah. people weren't stupid. yeah but i mean you know it wasn't legal till the yeah. late 1960s yeah, over here i mean homosexuals didn't exist yeah. till 1967 and lesbians oh my goodness you know yeah, they're they, always 10 years behind but they've never they've <laughs> never oh, you know, we'll talk about inclusion there but they've they've never there's never been a legislation against lesbians because a couple of reasons one i mean it, again it's kind of i don't know if this is rumor or but fact, doesn't that come but, under gay in some well no 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 women <clears throat> historically Men could not think, what could women do? Right, I see. They couldn't that, yeah. possibly have anything yeah. sexual. There's, there's nothing. No, yeah. There's nothing there. There's no bits. So, so that, 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 we weren't legislating right. against that. And then apparently, I don't know if this is true, apparently Elizabeth I was like, Oof, no, that can't possibly exist. Right, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so there's actually, I mean, there's a, that shows a distinct lack of imagination. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, know. there's only a couple of things back then you could do. You just think, well, okay, there's no... Yeah. Thing, uh, we hadn't received the Kama Sutra oh, oh, okay, at this point. Oh, okay, yeah, I get, I get, yeah. That's interesting, actually, because the whole thing about, you know, India has is not massively, you know, pro-LGBTQ at all. However, um, they are the land of the Kama Sutra. Yeah. You know, they are they invented kind of the manual of how to have sex. So it's interesting uh, there that they've kind of forgotten that and it's actually gone kind of the other way. And they sort of have a, have a historical... Uh, tradition of having a third gender of uh, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. in asia there are trans yeah. people in india in particular you know like they have that so so that that's a that's a cultural thing and that's just been accepted and in them. some countries in asia actually that kind of third sex is almost revered as as, as a god like as, there's a right, spiritual aspect thing. to it as well yeah they're considered very lucky i think i, was, I saw some program that someone's getting married this uh, chap and a lady were getting married and they invited the transport one of these sort of third gender people uh in uh, to sort of sing for them and they gave them money and it was considered lucky. You know, it's considered lucky for the, for the marriage. Because it's, it's a societal construct. The mm. way we see sexuality, the way we see gender is all 
kind of constructed. I mean, the whole idea of kind of homosexual only really came in in the Georgian period, and then the Victorians who like repressed everything. Right, even, yeah. even they put, yeah. you know, they put things around the legs of of, of pianos because you can. Yeah. It looked a bit like a woman's ankle. <laughs> but and seriously, imagine being so horny. <laughs> I know, that, I know. That you're imagine. like just grinding. You're sat there just grinding a teeth, just like oh, oh, so don't rain me. Just like, <laughs> Shaking up, <laughs> but it was only really kind of in the Georgian period where where you got this kind of a whole idea of what they call the kind of the Italian disease. Right. So you know, British, I know <laughs> the artistic bent Italian disease, <laughs> and then you know, so that that before that, sexuality was way more fluid. Just because right, yeah. you had sex with a mate didn't necessarily mean you were one particular yeah. thing or the other. So it was a bit more fluid around yeah, that's that the sexuality thing because it what you think like the Greeks as well. So you go, yeah, it wasn't always that way. It was. At some point, it became a legally bad thing to do. So, what was the? It's a, yeah, societally. So you talk about Asia. They got the Greeks. Yeah. What well, a lot of it has to do with money. It all comes down to money, property, and politics, doesn't it? So it actually, you know, it, you need to be able to pass your land, your wealth on to other people. Yeah. You need to have family units to be able to, you know, populate the country. And all of these things around, kind of, you know, same-sex family units that they, they, they. they threatened the stability right, yeah, yeah. of either the the line of succession yeah. or you know or, or the financial i mean uh, there are many people in history in the great aristocratic estates who are gay <clears throat> who had to get married had to oppress their, their sexuality because they needed to have an heir they needed to pass right, yeah. the title on and even to this day we've got people who are married and then come out in their 60s and 70s I suppose because of them yeah. Yeah. when you're an aristocrat you're not a person you're part of the bigger th you're a dynasty yeah. and yeah. the dynasty has to keep moving you're yeah, a bit irrelevant. like a business yeah. and I've got friends yeah. who run estates now and are partly part of the aristocracy and, and it's a business and you know they've got to have an heir and, yeah. and a spare and, but we all you know spare. an heir and a spare yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> who um was, is there an openly gay royal in England no. Think of that. Well, no, actually, there is, there is Lord Mountbatten, actually. So he's cousin to the Queen. Is he the one who got assassinated? No, no, oh. no, that's a different one. Uh, so we have Ivor Mountbatten. He was married, actually, for a number of years. Probably more, I mean, he talks about openly about his bisexuality and has children. Um, and uh, he is now married to a lovely man who works for BA. They met on a flight, apparently. Okay. And um, they, they run the estate together. And what was beautiful is um, his ex-wife walked him down the aisle. Oh, so really? he'd been really open about about his sexuality when they married. I don't know him, and I'm hoping to talk to him as part of my PhD. Yeah. So if you're listening, no. let me know. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, that whole thing around we have to find a way to make sure that people are able to love comfortably yeah. and safely, and that's all it is really. I mean, like, we talked about you know, you know, fairness over the thing about Thor or whatever, and there's a big. There's a big debate at the moment about while we are trying as a gay community to get representation and to redress some of the issues of the past that are unfair. I would have argued that in the Thor movie, they are redressing right, the issue of oogling at people. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you stop? And there's a big debate, for example, about the, the, the LGBTQ plus flag that keeps getting another colour. Yeah. You know, oh, and really? Do we have another one, another one, another one? And actually, I, I was at a talk the other day about Strawberry Hill, which is an amazing country estate owned, uh, was owned by Horace Walpole. And someone said, when do we stop adding colours and stop representing all yeah. these people. And the response was, I thought, wonderful, when everybody is equal and nobody is oppressed. Yeah. And that's all oh, I didn't know, I'm so the colours represent something else to them. Yeah. Oh, blind. Yeah, that, that was a transfer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought... it, it, it was, it only, it only, again, it only originated in the last kind of, in the, in, in the last, in the last century. Um, but yeah, they, they are represented. I mean, they're about the rainbow. It's about diversity. Yeah. 
Um, and some gay people don't like the fact that kind of, you know, they are put in with lesbians and trans and also that, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me. But actually, as we're stronger if we come together and yeah. ask for representation, because taking back to Castlereagh, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen a gay member of the royal family, how can you yeah. come out and navigate that? I mean, my, my apps, I, I loved the fact that Prince William uh, was LGBTQ plus ally of the year a couple of years ago. And he's spoken openly about whether if any of his children are gay, he would be absolutely fine with it. His only concern is how much hate they might receive. Right, yeah. And that's very much from his mother. And Princess Diana did a lot of work for the, for the gay community and dispelled a lot of the myths around AIDS in the 80s. You know, yeah. people thought when AIDS came along, you can catch it from a loose seat. These people were kind of locked away in rooms, treated absolutely abominably by society. She went into a hospital and she shook someone's hand, a man who had AIDS, and it completely broke yeah. around the world, that picture, and dispelled so many of the myths about how you could catch yeah. AIDS. So that, that I think that torch has been carried on yeah, by I think the, the new problem, Prince of The Wales. royals that did have until you said that was the fact of they've just got to be perfect. You can't have any problem. You've, the life has to be perfect. So for them to, uh, thingy to come out and say that, you go, okay, so he's breaking up. The, he really has started to break well, it up. Well, I mean, that whole perfection thing, again, a couple of things around that. One, it partly comes from Queen Victoria. So the modern idea of what a royal family yeah. is, <clears throat> is the Victorian values, you know, her and her kind of 172 children, however many she had, you know, that idea of like the family unit, the husband, yeah. the wife and all the kids. So that is kind of, um, and, and the, the crown is about continuity and stability so that's the first bit oh, yeah. and then and you know in terms of um being perfect i don't think that our current royal family are perfect and i think one of the issues they've had so much negative press over the years is because they are human yeah. like us and they have they fail in public their marriages fail they have affairs they have financial problems but i was really really touched when when our our late queen on the 40th anniversary of her accession talked about her annis hobulus Awesome. You know, so that was, she said <clears throat> in a speech in the city of London, you know, Windsor Castle had burnt down, three of her children had got separated or divorced. Um, she was having a really crap year, a horrible year. And she said, it's not been a good year. And I think that was wonderful. The Queen said, you know, and in her Christmas message talked about it as well, saying, we are human like you, we have our problems like you. So the whole idea of being perfect, I don't think you have well, to be perfect. Yeah, either. I'm saying it's starting to go now. You, we're starting to realise that, that that picture frame of an image of a family doesn't, it's gone. Now. Much, much for the better as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think, yeah, because you just say, hey, I'm a, yeah. I'm a human being and I've got a strange job. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my best. You know what I mean? And, and I'll try and do, I'll keep trying to do my best. You, um, That's fine to Well, say, that was the thing know? actually with the king recently, King Charles III gave his speech that very sounds, recently where he talked sounds, about, it still sounds a bit God weird, save the it? king. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he talked about the fact that you know he's the heavy burden he's got. He's talked in the past about the job that he will do. It is a job, but it is it is a job for life. You can't. I mean, I heard a story that um, apparently uh, I read it in the paper yesterday that uh, one of the courtiers rang up the Queen a couple of years ago, as uh, another monarch around the world had um, had resigned, uh, had abdicated. I can't remember who it was. I think it, it was in Holland. And uh, apparently the Queen just said, eh, typical Dutch, and put the phone down. You know, she, <clears throat> there was no way that she was going to abdicate. Uh, because, you know, she, when you are, uh, you know, at the coronation, you swear an oath before God. There is a whole belief that, you know, the Queen uh, or the monarch rules um, by the grace of God. 
Um, and as God's instrument on this earth, they are, you know, defender of the faith, uh, the Anglican faith particularly. And um, so it's not a job that you can give up because you swear to your God, yeah. your, your creator, they believe, that this is a job you'll have for life. So it's not like saying, I don't want to be a shift manager at McDonald's anymore. I'm going to go and work at Sainsbury's. You know, it's actually, I have got this job for life. And as a human being, can you imagine knowing when you only like five or six and get to this realization, I can't decide to go and be an airline pilot or I can't go and design t-shirts i i have to go and rule this country that's pretty tough and i know you see what's happened you know with the duke of sussex over the last couple of years clearly has struggled a little bit with that whole responsibility of being royal oh really in what way well he's left harry. him and him oh, and megan harry oh the sussex yeah. okay, right, yeah. <clears throat> so they've left yeah. gone to america and they're trying to forge a new life for themselves what do you think about all that sympathy so <clears throat> i do i do have i think again they're human beings i mean i don't necessarily like some of the comments that they've made and i i actually think you know all families have problems yeah um and i think it's great if families can talk about those problems together they are a brand and they are a brand that represents the united kingdom yeah. around the world you know yes. they uh, and tourism investment you know political conversations the monarch is involved in that the royal family are involved in that so I think it might, it's difficult when you might go about damaging yeah. the brand. I don't know, obviously, what conversations take place behind the scenes, but I was really pleased that uh, the new Prince and Princess of Wales, William and Catherine, never Kate, Catherine, <laughs> William and Catherine and Harry. Oh, is that her name, Catherine? Yeah, oh, Catherine. Okay. And they always refer to her as, as Catherine. Yeah. It's just, I think, because when you type it in the newspaper, four letters is better than a big right, one. Yeah, exactly. um, it saves a bit of space. It saves a bit of space. Money. Yeah, money. yeah, and they liked Waity, headline, they liked Waity yeah. Katie, didn't yeah. they, before she got married. So I liked Jesus. the fact that they did a walkabout recently just outside Windsor Castle um, and kind of a, a show of unity. But I do have sympathy. I do also think that for a black woman to enter into the establishment of the royal family was huge. You know, as a gay man, part of a diverse community, I was delighted about the royal family being more representative and more diverse, but I don't underestimate how difficult it was and probably how dreadful it was for her at times. Some of the comments, some of the behaviours from people probably, you know, within that household must have been very difficult. Now, they made a choice of how they responded yeah. to it. The, the, she is still the source of tabloids. Uh, news like today i mean the daily mail website runs uh, has at least four or five stories about her a day this is uh megan about like where she buys her shoes about how she bought yeah, a train a ticket about <clears throat> like about the way she went oh look i think it's gonna rain but no, people are always interested like, oh. in, in in she's well she's a personality you know every couple of years there is someone who comes along that we think we know, that we don't know, that we're fascinated about. And therefore, you know, the, the, the newspapers, the, the websites, they've got to, to make a living. So they know that people respond to it. They click it. Yeah. We had the issue with, you know, Diana, Princess of Wales, that all of us were guilty of buying those newspapers, looking at those stories. People phoned the hotline when she had the squidgy tape when she was talking to her lover. All of us were part of that. We're all obsessed with other people's lives. But I think, again, we forget that these people are human and like us they make mistakes they have to go home after a day of greeting people imagine you wake up in the morning and there's an article on the paper that's criticizing you because you did this or you didn't do that and then there's another article about your amazing sister-in-law and how she's wearing the same dress three times because she's such a thrifty shopper and then you've got to go and meet people in a crowd who've all read that negative stuff about you and then carry on i don't know sometimes you know in my business life i've gone into meetings and and you know you have to present yourself in a in a particular way I would hate it if everyone in that room knew one of, had, had heard criticism <laughs> of me or knew some of my darkest secrets <clears throat> and I still had to stand up and talk about LGBTQ plus history. I right. wouldn't like that. <laughs> Although, as part of my 
Instagram, my YouTube, I do invite people into into my house and I do share my life a little bit. You uh, mentioned being a fellow of Windsor Castle. What does that mean? Yeah, so that's that's quite crazy. So in my kind of day job, I, I work... They, they're a training thing that they do. To yeah, so, they, yeah, so St. George's House is... And if any of you, if you ever watched The Crown... Mm-hmm. There's a there's an episode of The Crown where the Duke of Edinburgh, the late Duke of Edinburgh, um, Prince Philip, gives a house over to a number of priests to kind of work out what's the meaning of life. Right. And to th- they're having, you know, an existential crisis. So he gives them a space to think through yeah. important matters and to talk and, and to share wisdom and knowledge with each other. That really happened. Mm. And St. George's House has grown out of that. It's, it's, um, it's in, Saint, in Windsor Castle. And now there is absolutely a religious side to it, but also there's a business and leadership yeah. side to it. So there's about 250 global fellows, we're called. Um, and we're from all kind of walks of life. Some people work in charities, some people work in, you know, commercial businesses, but we're all leaders in, 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 in organisations um, or in public service. Like and, a rotary club sort of thing. Well, yeah, we, yeah, a little bit like that. But we come together in what are called conversations to discuss important matters. Like, you know, it's how, a bit like a think tank. Almost. It's a bit like a think tank, yeah. And we meet uh, at Windsor Castle. Um, uh, we are headed up by, it was the Duke of Edinburgh now, it's the Princess Royal, Princess Anne. And we meet and discuss in a series of conversations, you know, and share wisdom within, within the castle walls. How did with you get other. involved with that? So <clears throat> I was invited a friend of mine was a fellow. I was invited to an evening at St. George's Chapel and a drinks party afterwards. Um, and I got talking to somebody there. And then they do a lot of Googling and a lot of kind of research oh, right. and look you up on LinkedIn and stuff. Uh, and I was phoned and asked if I would be interested in joining. There are, there are, you know, when a fellow leaves, there's a vacancy. And I applied, had my interview. And okay. yeah, I'm a fellow. It's great. You get to stay overnight in the castle. And what's great is actually you, know, you get. I love running. I'm a real runner. Nice. I couch. I can't recommend enough couch to 5k. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what's really surreal is that like six o'clock in the morning, the castle's closed mm. to the public. There's no one there. And you get your jogging outfit on. You just go you know, jogging around Inside. this castle. And it's been, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the longest inhabited castle in the world. It's been inhabited by a monarch for a thousand years. It was built by William the Conqueror's son. I mean, it's just the amount so of what history there. Oh, don't ask me that on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Long time ago. The coffee hasn't, he hasn't no, drank his no. coffee yet. It's too much milk. Past uh, 1066, because 1066 was the invasion. Yeah, actually, William oh, the right. Sa- yeah, his son, actually, there's rumours that he was bisexual as well. Well, wasn't he? Wasn't that in the book when the... Was you here for this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be Edward the A. So the previous Duke of Windsor. Yeah, so he yeah. was saying he was and she was. So, <laughs> yeah. <they're all> <laughs> again, though, a human being, I mean, yeah, I, you know, he, yeah. he chose to abdicate. Um, and again, that's, that's partly what's, what's happened with our royal family because of the abdication. You know, our, our late queen was never supposed to be the monarch of our country. She was a bit like, you know, Eugenie. You know, she right. was, she was, you know, over oh, there, right. quite a senior royal, a princess, but she was never supposed to be queen. So coming in with that huge amount, well, her mother and her father coming in with that huge amount of turmoil, they had to steady the ship. And so being perfect, being the perfect family is a way of studying. You say the queen wasn't meant to be the queen. No. What happened? So her, her uncle abdicated. So Him. her, yeah. yeah. So her We're father. We're a book, by the way. <clears throat> we that, chatted to the author of this. He did, he did ah. a really good documentary actually on this couple that was repeated a few months ago. So yeah. it's on at four or. All four. All four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Lowney. channels are available. Andrew Lowney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's, uh, yes. And he sort of laid out, uh, what's your question? Sorry that. Uh, no, why why yeah. was she not? Yeah. Well, because initially he was supposed to be king. And we're pointing at the book, Traitor King. And that would be Edward. Yeah. And instead he abdicated George, his brother. Yeah. 
Oh, that was became, the, the became, who was really shy, had a, had a stutter. Yeah. Old stutter. King's yeah. speech. King's the King's speech. speech. Yeah. And so. apparently the Queen Mother, uh, Elizabeth Bay's lines, as she was before she, she married Bertie, um, and she turned him down originally. Apparently the Queen Mother never forgave Wallace Simpson for right. the fact that she, that her husband had to become king, she had to become queen because she believed it led to his early death in yep. his 50s. Right. And then the queen, obviously, as a very young girl in her 20s, when she was, you know, on a tour of Kenya, goes off to Kenya and when she's out there at Tree Trots, finds out that she is Queen of England oh, and wow. all her realms. So he was the and head of the Commonwealth. It sort of jumped. Yeah, it, and, it, oh, it okay, completely right. went on a different path. <laughs> yeah. but, but it did but yeah. go went a different path. And yes, his brother became king. And then, oh, of course, right. his daughter, Elizabeth, became okay, queen. Right. And she was never allowed to be called Her Royal Highness. So that's the title that she was never given. And when, when Diana, she was Princess Diana, Her Royal Highness, yeah. Princess Diana. And then when she when she was divorced, she lost her HRH and she became Diana Princess of Wales. Wallace Simpson was also never allowed to have the HRH title. Uh, and uh, apparently, again, I, I read it in various books, uh, in France where they lived, people did refer to her as HRH, right, yeah, but yeah. she would never have that title. So Meghan and um, what's his name? Harry. 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 So what is he now? Have they done anything? Is he still part he's of the He's the Duke of Sussex and he's they still... don't use HRH. Now he's still a, okay. you know, he's still, still a senior member of the royal family because uh, the Queen has died. He's now moved up in terms of the line of succession to the <laughs> throne <laughs> it's unlikely that prince harry will ever be king harry because uh, they've got three kids, yeah three right. children yeah, yeah oh, okay, so george right. george will be our king what's interesting yeah. is lots of people want to know whether or, or thinking whether king charles would choose a different name because you don't have to take the name you were born right. with when you become king yeah. but i'm glad that he did choose charles a couple of reasons one his mother when he was born knew he was going to be king one day so she chose a name i reckon quite wisely that would sound quite good king charles but also the the modern modern the royal family has to remain modern it has to remain relevant yeah. and the idea that you would suddenly become george or albert or something yeah. and people go what what who are you? and it, yeah. you know it's a bit of historical anachronism that they don't need anymore yeah right yeah um, I, I think most people would be a bit confused yeah. right? <laughs> the average person would be like wait who's this dude who's this king king george no no it's charles prince charles yeah, yeah prince charles so we've had the second george elizabethan now. age which right. is the queen Elizabeth the second people are starting to say we're in the carolinian age which is quite interesting yes. yeah so hopefully you won't so get away the, the previous king charles with his head cut off <laughs> are we it hasn't the... ended well for the first two actually <laughs> i think the second one had a bit are we at the end of the elizabeth elizabeth we are we are the second elizabethan oh. age is now oh, has okay. now ended and i I wonder what they'll call her because you know lots of the kings and queens of the past kind of get 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 you know get they are you know um William the Conqueror Richard the Lion oh, right, I've yeah, heard people yeah. saying that she might become Elizabeth the Great it's going to be a positive thing isn't it? it's not to going be, to be yeah. a, um, from a gay perspective she started her reign when basically homosexuality was illegal right. and she signed the law that made that you oh, know yeah, partly decriminalized homosexuality yeah. in the 1960s and you know, again, rumour and gossip, but I understand a lot of the royal household are gays. So it's a fantastic line that Queen Elizabeth, the, the Queen Mother, <clears throat> apparently was waiting for her gin and tonic one day in Clarence House. <laughs> getting, getting the shakes. Yeah, she, you know, got that <laughs> gin and tonic. It was 11am. She'd ordered it. I, you might say that. I couldn't put a comment <laughs> looking for my OBE. Yeah. Um, she, she apparently could hear two of the, two of the stewards uh, you know, on the kind of intercom, arguing about who was going to bring the gin and tonic into the Queen Mother. And apparently she just shouted down there, this old queen needs her gin. So will you two old queens stop arguing and bring it in? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I yeah, love over the intercom, which queen are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, at least I, I wish we'd seen more humour in her. I know they have to be the a picture frame of yeah. someone, but I think uh, it's, of the time. It, it's it just the role. Me. This is why everyone liked Harry initially. Yeah, Because yeah. he was Human, the spare. Yeah. 
and he could just have a bit of fun and he wasn't too serious and he didn't have to take him very seriously. Who was the one that wore the Nazi costume? That was Harry. That was Harry. We all have our teenage dalliances. But, you know, (laughs) if you look at what how Prince Louis was behaving at the Platinum Jubilee celebration, she had Prince George, you know, future heir to the throne, future monarch, sitting there very, you know, with his mother, Catherine, very polite. And then Louis was like, you know, shouting and screaming, I want to go and sit on my grandfather's lap and all sorts of things. I saw a little bit of replication there. But apparently she did have an absolutely cracking sense of humour. But the thing is, she, she's she got a role. It's the monarch. It Constantly. is, you know, the head of the Commonwealth, uh, defender of the faith. So you, you don't really want someone on the Christmas Day message saying, have you heard the one about? Yeah. Uh, but, but but my understanding is she was... <laughs> An Irishman pre- has got walking They go, right, I've, I've been working on a good solid five There's minutes. There's a duchess, okay. a duke, <laughs> yeah. and a lady walked mm. into a castle. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, but apparently she did have, you know, a cracking sense of humour. There's a story about how apparently um, she was walking out on the Balmoral Estate one day, you know, where she died in Scotland, uh, bought by Prince Albert in 1852. Uh, she was walking out on the Prince, uh, on, on the Balmoral Estate, and she came across some tourists who started talking to her and they just met this country woman in a scarf etc and um and she had her protection officer with her and they were saying oh well, you know it's exciting we're here and the queen lives here and, she does, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and they said to her have you ever met the queen and apparently she said no not personally but he has <laughs> so you've got little glimpses do you remember um what was the comedy with mrs bucket mrs bouquet oh hyacinth bouquet keeping what up appearances the yes. there was a bit in there and it reminds me of the queen where she, um I think her husband is always a put down fella. I think he's got, he's, uh, they got, they're, they're going to the cricket and he said, Oh, he's got tickets to the cricket. And he goes, Oh, yeah, great. And she turns to him and says, um, Do calm down, dear. Enthusiasm, so working class. <laughs> it's not all like you get what she's saying, but oh, Christ. Um, talking of castles, how did you end up in a castle? Yes. Um, a haunted so, castle. Yeah, I, I have a baby castle. Yeah. Um, in Abergavenny. I mean, I wasn't born to it. <laughs> I wasn't born to it. I said my dad came here with £1.50. Hard work, actually. Um, so I, uh, yeah, it was, it was for sale. So I, um, I was living in Gloucestershire with my husband. Right. And, um, you know, throughout COVID, uh, we're very close to, to my in-laws and I have no, um, brother, father or sister. Are you from London? Yeah, originally from North London. Uh, I've got three nieces. When my brother died, I took on responsibility for caring for them. I've got three girls, 16, 14 and 14, Olivia, Clara and Allegra. But um, we were living in Gloucestershire and uh, through COVID, my husband really felt very separated from from his family and he's very close to them. So as a lot of people, we had a discussion. What's his family background? Where's he from? from the Rhondda Valley in Wales, a boy from the valleys. Uh, We met in the village pub. He was working at Westonburg Arboretum as a fund Razor. We met in the village pub and uh, we fell in love. It was, I've lived all over the world, like New York, Sydney, Dublin, and then I go to a village with 250 people in it, and I and I meet my future husband, and, and I'm very lucky. But he, we had a a moment where we thought, what 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 life do we want? And he said, you had the privilege of taking care of your parents when they were ill and dying. I'd like to you know, spend time with my parents, more time than I'm able to because we live so far away. So we decided to sell our house in Gloucestershire oh. um, and move to to Wales. And this, um, in, in fact, we weren't going to buy this house. We were buying a different house, um, but it fell through. This house had come on the market, but we'd already agreed to buy the other house. And I don't want to be, th- I hate being that person yeah, who yeah, pulls yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I said, much as I love the idea of living in what country life called a baby castle, let's not, let's not be horrible to when we're buying, but actually... The sale fell through. It it kept not happening. Not so after three months of living in temporary accommodation, we had to walk away. And our baby castle came back on the market two days later. That sailor fell through. So we were there on the Saturday morning, called the agent, saw it on the Monday, 
aggrieved by what Wednesday. What year was this? So that was in, that was about last year. Yeah, so I've just been there a year. And was, what, what did you do work-wise with, was from Gloucestershire to Wales? Yeah, so I run, I run a, a management consultancy yeah. called the Innovation Beehive, which is around leadership, culture, and innovation. And a lot of it, um, and get to travel all over the world and have some amazing clients. It's quite interesting. In my day job, I work in the future. <laughs> and then my, my, my social media, I, I live in the past, but I'm kind of constantly kind of moving between that juxtaposition. And then you go but, back to a castle really way back. <laughs> well, it's actually... What it's, era do you it's, live in? I know. It's, a, it's an Elizabethan manor house. So the main right. house was built in about 1560. Oh, the main house, okay. And then there's a turret on the end, which is listed as Elizabethan. It's not. Right. We think it's Victorian, although someone's just told me recently that it might be Georgian. So yeah. it's, I mean, I have to pinch myself whenever I go home. And I, uh, when I, uh, we talked about when I got, when I, when I, when I got the, the tower house, as we call it, I became a lord as well. Which no, is, really? I'm, yes. So I'm the Lord of Glenbar. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, awesome. it's a manorial title. It's not, and I don't use it, but, okay. um, it's not like an aristocratic title. Right. So it is um, a title. Lords of the Manor, traditionally, were defenders of the monarch. So, you know, they didn't have an army. Before Cromwell, there wasn't a standing army in England. They only brought the army in to basically keep the order and keep the peace right, okay. when, when they killed, you know, when they beheaded Charles and like to keep the people down. So before that, the king used to call upon his nobles and his lords of the manor to defend him. Right. And you, there were rules about how many horses the Lord of the Manor had to keep to defend defend the king. Now we have stables, but no horses. You mean a minimum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. I've got three dogs, so should King sort Charles of, yeah. ever require it, I shall happily have Chaucer, Google, and Percy stand <laughs> at his side and protect him against uh, Nicola Sturgeon or whoever it might be. But, but yeah. so you'd have to have an, a minimum amount. I thought it was a, in case you overthrow, you weren't allowed above a certain amount. But yes, there were the rules about how many you could, and also what's interesting, there were rules about whether you could call castellates, put little kind of you know castle type things in your house. Again, it was a way of the king or the monarch getting money. You would you would pay a certain amount of money, and then he would grant you the rights to put castellations. Have you? We've got castellations. Have you thought about? um, Have you thought about getting your own flag, your family flag? So we did. You know, it's funny actually. I mean, um, if you creeped into the word lord legally, I think sure we did. We we nearly put. We were thinking last year about putting a flag on the turret for the Queen's Jubilee, but because so so many other people were putting flag, we couldn't get one. We couldn't literally couldn't get a flag person (laughs) in the country. so we will, and I think what we'll probably yeah. do is we'll probably put the flag of either Monmouthshire, which is where we are, or yeah. Wales. Have an <clears> uh, opening ceremony where the flag goes up for the first time. It's not well, quite so no. fancy. <laughs> it's only first floor. Yeah, salute it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you, 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 like a coat of arms, I don't know, it's, no, you'd create it yourself, wouldn't you, a coat? But you'd have to legally, yeah. you can't have so many lions, or there'll be something. I, you know I, I've I'm got trying a friend to get who does have a coat of arms, but they... Did loads of stuff. Like he's, I don't know, one of his relatives, his great-grandfather was like an explorer in right. Africa. Oh, wow. And like he hung out with like Dr. Livingston and stuff and he discovered like the source of this river. Might not be the Nile. Another one. I don't know. The <laughs> river in India. Yeah. Um, Brazil, but, where the nuts come yeah, from. Yeah. Was, no, so he was sort of big dude. And he, has a, he just had it in his bathroom. Like, oh, wow. like just, and I was like, oh, right. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Well, I'm Irish and lots and lots of Celtic families have a, have a coat of right, arms. So yeah. I do have a, um, an O'Keefe coat of arms, which is oh, you have, a right? rampant lion. Oh, is it? <laughs> Um, it'd be a bit shame if it was a bit pathetic yeah I, yeah. I suspect it might be like a pigeon yeah. well actually what would you do you love like Marvel <laughs> and you love kind of fantasy what would your what would your fantasy coat of arms be uh, it would probably be like a lion they can't have that as mine alright sorry <laughs> I'll share it well, you're Wales He's I think they the... did about 2000 years ago alright then it would be a little cat curled up on a bed just having a little sleep just being like oh no so no Marvel characters nah, and you've got cat. to have a motto 
So our family motto is nothing is difficult for the fair or the bra- for the kind or the brave. Oh, no. So what would your family motto be? It would be? be the sleeping little cat on the bed, and it would say, always ready. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> With I one like paw that. out. <laughs> yeah, 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 doing the stretch. Yeah. Now, like, bearing nails. in mind, you're going to defend the rights of the bald man. Yeah. Would you have a bald person on no, your No, I don't believe flag? in flags or no? barriers. No, I think we should just let that go, unless you're a lord. I feel like there's a little fascist inside me if I've got the chance. Um, but you to crush all your enemies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15 foot fence round yeah. my until, semi. Until then. Yeah. Do you um, uh, see your little castle? Yeah. Ghosts. Talk yeah, to me. so we do. Ghost chat. Ghost. Cool. So yeah, so that um, I've not seen the ghost, but apparently there is a ghost of a small child. Oh no. Yeah. So um, the, the, uh, in about 1872, the house was used as the local village school. Yeah. So the big house, like the big, stately home which is which we our house is was part of yeah. we were, we're in the what was the old orchard okay. um uh the, the 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 daughter um from that stately home ran the village school in our village um and apparently rumor has it that a child died when at the school so and haunts the house so i've not seen the seen the child but <clears throat> neighbors have said to me well, your niece is down this weekend. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I saw someone sitting at the window. And then I have heard that the previous owner was picked up and taken down the stairs right. very gently and placed on the bottom step. So, what well, I, I do believe in ghosts, and I believe in an afterlife, so I believe in ghosts. Yeah. So, I actually had a conversation with the ghosts when I, when I arrived, and I said, right, okay, you've been here longer than me. I think you'll be here long after I'm gone. So you and I just have to kind of rub along nicely together and get on. And when we first moved in, there was loads of noise in the attic. And I remember saying to Joe, it's the ghost, it's the ghost. And so we got someone in and we had squirrels in the roof. Oh, no. <laughs> you tell anyone, don't tell them. Ghost, ghost squirrels? <laughs> ghost squirrels, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, sort of floating no. ghosts. Yeah. I, think, I don't think ghosts leave small droppings. Maybe they oh, do. No. Ectoplasm poo. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe they do. I don't know enough about ghosts. Yeah. So. <laughs> do you believe in them at all? Um, uh, that's a I, no then I, no I, I, I don't know there, there's lots of stuff I think that we can't explain yeah it might just be something uh, uh, an energy it. movement that we don't understand it's not about scary I have thing. no idea yeah it's I think that they're, I, as I, I said this before I think last time we discussed ghosts oh here we go but, but I think that our, our, our conception of uh, science and the world and the universe it will probably be very different in a hundred years yeah, than exactly, it is yeah. today I can you know? see you though in the Ghostbuster Ghostmobile I can definitely, definitely see you there. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I in the boiler seat. Sh- schlubby dude. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah slightly like in shape, yeah. yeah in not the main scene. character, but the, yeah. the friend of the main character. Yeah, in the background, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, um, well, I say go and listen to Enfield Haunting podcast on the BBC reunion if you want to know about ghosts. And there's a ma- the, the Battersea Poltergeist as well. Battersea Poltergeist. Poltergeist well, is now. absolutely incredible. Really oh, no, worth no. checking out. Is that, that the one well? in like, oh, it's like a house and the family got... In Battersea. In Bat- yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that's the one. <laughs> and it's about ghosts. I, I have read that. Yeah. yeah. Read I think that, it's yeah. like one of the most popular BBC podcasts over the last couple yeah. of years. It's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I think they're doing a couple more so don't listen to it in bed at night as I did once because yeah. it will freak the hell out of you, if you um, I can't watch that's the thing I can't watch anything I can't watch horror films I can watch any, anything even mildly creepy upsetting or disturbing before I go to bed and that's mostly when I watch stuff so I literally end up having to watch like <laughs> Bob's Burgers or something oh, no. just loving nice and happy and put Downton Abbey on that'll yeah. make you smile even that ghost, like yeah. anything stre- like all these things stress me out I was watching this thing and it was a true crime thing under heaven's banner it's all right yeah 
It's about these Mormon fundamentalists. Okay. Who, we're, who we're knew a such a here. thing? <laughs> who knew such a thing? And yeah, it got very thing. And this, I don't know, it got a bit like, I mean, this guy was like going to marry his stepdaughters. And oh, well, like, I won't invite them to do And that. I went, I was just like, and it actually, I, was, I just went, I don't need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have this in my head before I go. So there's the whole so thing about really like careful. getting ready for bed, though, isn't there? There's the thing about you know no screens yeah. for an hour before. The idea yeah. of watching someone's have head cut off or someone go through that's the window, a, I just yeah, you're asking for trouble there. That's what I mean. My mate, eating cheese. My mate does that. He just watches horror films all the time in the bed, and I'm just like, doesn't that like slightly? Uh, he's like, no, because they're all crap. I <laughs> can't even listen to the news in bed now because I used to have this thing where I used to listen to the world tonight at, mm. at bedtime. It shows you I go to bed early. I'm 104, but now because the world's just been so awful. For the last few years, right, I yeah. just can't bear listening to the mm. world tonight. It just stresses me out. That's the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying. I, I remember new, get, uh, people reading newspapers on about twenty, thinking, "Why are you reading that? It's just making you miserable." Mm. I mean, it's literally there. It's not, nothing good. It's just misery. And I think because the twenty-four hour news, though, now they have to fill it with drama. There are yeah. so many news channels. There are that so many one news. Of the worst things for news that ever happened. You have to fill yeah. it with absolute drama, all the time yeah. drama. And you know, I was reading something the other day. I can't remember the statistic, but a significant amount of people under thirty do not engage with the news anymore yeah. and I think that's a real shame because the news has become like drama and personalities and characters like it's you know the whole discussion yeah. Harry and Meghan that's actually about the British royal family that goes back thousands of years but we've reduced it to personalities in the Oprah Winfrey yeah. show we're doing the same where you know um, a Boris Johnson here and Liz Truss and Richard Sinek all this kind of you know personality wars because it, we tell stories and what 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 we need to get is more insight so people can feel more involved and have, feel they can have more impact on the world. Because if you don't watch the news, you're therefore not engaged with yeah. it, you can't get involved with it, and then potentially you can't then, you know, have an impact, become a politician, because you don't think it's for you. And that's, again, yeah, from a diversity that, perspective, you, you, I'm concerned. You're saying the right thing, but then you go, but we have to realise the world we live in, they're just interested in money. It's create friction, that makes money. I mean, there's some British shows now on like Sky not on Sky on one of the you know these apps they've got the TV shows with um, Piers Morgan and all that and they're basically trying to create a Fox News in England well no they're, they're, that's it's the anything, that's oh, the uh, media internationally something media. might be Gibi it's the thingy one it's the um, oh, what's it? it's the Murdoch one mm. the new Murdoch station yeah but they've got one but we here. have a choice we have a choice yeah. you don't have to engage you can, you can delete an app from your phone you can decide not to watch that TV programme mm. you know I, I know that I had friends who when they had uh, the duke and duchess of sussex harry and Meghan, they didn't watch it on television and it was very deliberate they didn't want to give advertising revenue to that channel yeah. for supporting this story yeah. about the royal family so you do we do have a choice you can decide whether or not you have the guardian app or whether you have the daily mail app and by you know by making those choices you send messages so that's why i think it's really important to vote as well even if you are going to destroy your paper I, I live in a, in, in, in a part of London that is uh, traditionally very conservative. I live in Chelsea. And, um, you know, the idea of, you know, if you're going to vote Liberal Democrat or Labour or Green in Chelsea, people say, oh, it doesn't really matter because the Conservative Party are always going to get in in Chelsea, aren't they? Actually, the more people that start voting and start expressing a difference of opinion from the ruling classes or from the government, the more they have to sit up and listen and so you have a choice about making your voice heard either through not engaging with the TV show, not buying that newspaper, or choosing to vote in an area that you know it's not going to make a difference immediately. That, that, that's the thing. Is it can seem a bit inconsequential at times um, when you're in a particularly a particular safe seat, especially when some of these seats are very safe. Yeah. You know? um, but they do pay attention to these uh, differences in margin, and they really do. And these, you know, they, they will sit down, 
after an election or after whatever by election, they will sit down, they will crunch all these numbers. And it is and it is a fear. And as these gaps get smaller right. and wider, they start thinking, oh, great, well, okay, we don't want to lose this or we don't want to lose this person or this area. That's partly how green issues became such a big thing mm. because, you know, voting for the Green Party, you know, in the kind of 80s was a bit kind of out there and, you know, on, on the spectrum over there of politics. But as more and more people started voting green, the, mi- the major parties started to say, this is an important issue for people. We need to have a policy on this. We need to have an agenda on this. And whether or not you support what that policy are, now green environmentalism, we all know it's important. But, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, that started to get more on the political agenda because more people started voting green. Now, there will never be a green government, I don't mm. think. I mean, they've got one one member of parliament from Brighton and Hove. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. But the fact is, so many people do vote green, that means that the major parties who have more chance of getting in power have to sit up, have a policy, and have to do things to respond to the electorate's requirements. Uh, unfortunately, well, for, for whatever anyone thinks, I mean, UKIP had that same impact. Uh, for better or worse, whatever. Um, UKIP certainly. I mean, UKIP and never again had one uh, member of parliament for a while. I think he turned back to Tory. So they've had a huge for someone who's sort of party who's never ever he's got less than whatever ten percent of the votes or something, and he's never going to have power or even ever have a few MPs enough to ever say. They have altered the course of uh, modern British history inexorably i mean and that really is have. i mean whether or not you support brexit and and you know hopefully we um we are where we are let's move on from that conversation let's just try and make the best of the situation <clears throat> yeah, exactly I feel, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. um however they are ukip were a pressure group mm-hmm. and again going back to whole my, my whole thing with the gay aristo it's about representation so by having a voice by saying this history is important that uh the gay and lesbian people of the past and the trans people of the past been edited out of history by having as many voices as possible talking about that side of history it will get taught in school it will start people will sit up and say actually these lgbtq plus lives are important and it will change policy and attitudes and and, and they've always been there that's the thing to let you know it's not a new thing they've yeah always been i got there. this amazing t-shirt the other day that had two dinosaurs kissing and it said queers for years i love it <laughs> i love it i almost wore it today but, but that, that, and that's that's that is the strange thing people still think that they people think um you know i don't know that for instance like trans rights and gay rights stuff they always kind of a fads because all of a sudden all these people are coming yeah. out and they're saying they're gay or they're trans and it's suddenly become popular and it's just like no no these people have always become been a they, haven't, they yeah. haven't had a voice they haven't been able to talk and no one's been There's, but sometimes you know in history able somebody to. steps forward for example from the trans community who is who's now held and represented who in their day actually was very famous. So there was a, 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 a French person called Chevalier Dion. Now, Chevalier, for the first, I think, 40 years of, of their life, uh, presented as male um, and then um, presented as a woman and became Chevalier Dion and actually was um, a lady in waiting in Versailles for the Queen um, and um, was a mi- like a huge military man and then presented as a woman um, and came over to England and was very famous over here, was a swordsman and earned money going around, you know, dueling and fighting people. So, you know, a, a huge um, icon uh, in the trans community and I actually want to do um, a, a YouTube YouTube episode about Chevalier Dion. But what's interesting is there's some debate about whether you call someone they or he or she. And I don't, I don't, I, I'm not fully up to speed on all of that, but I know that, um, you know, it, it's important for people around what pronoun you use because words are important, just like representation is important. And I've been quite disappointed recently about some of the, some of the real negative stuff about people who are just trying to say, this is, this is who I am. Um, I want to get to a point where I don't have to talk about gay history 
we just have history that includes yeah. gay people. I'd love to get to a society where we're not shouting about, I'm not going to call you a woman because you're not a woman or you haven't got the right to call yourself he or she. Just everyone has the right to call themselves what Theo, they feel they are. Or Charles. Yeah. Whatever they are. Yeah. Or princess or duchess yeah, yeah. or whatever you want to be. Yeah. Or Jesus. Sure doctor, unless you are a registered GP. <laughs> it's all in loop. Look, it all goes round and So outside of all this wonderful stuff, the Gay Risto YouTube, what do you do for um, your spare? What you, what's the person behind the Gay Risto? The person behind the Gay Risto. What do you do? Do you so, read films? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the PhD yeah. uh, uh, at the University of Buckingham. So that takes up and that's on... a lot of time. Originally, I was doing a master's yeah. uh, and I'm a prospective PhD candidate. So it's, it was on country house studies. Yeah. You can actually do that. Cool. So a history of country houses in Britain and Ireland. Uh, so a lot of time is spent doing that. I run an innovation company as well. I'm quite into fitness, so I run quite a lot. I've got three dogs, very into gardening. We've got a couple of acres, so I'm kind of working my way through, you know, rebuilding the garden there. And then I've got my three nieces and so my late brother's children. Yeah. Um, I very much see them as my as my daughters. Yeah. So, um, and where do they live? So uh, one lives in Spain at the moment. She's oh. at school in Spain, and the other two live in England or at school in England. In, so, I mean, in Wales or Chelsea? Uh, they actually live in Ascot. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I spend a lot of time in the M4, actually, as well. <laughs> so probably between six and nine hours a week, my hobby is driving, yeah. uh, listening to books. Um, we were talking about some gardening. I've just, I was listening to something recently. I brought it up on the show. I forgot to mention it. And I should have read, read up on it again. They just found that there's a chemical in in the earth that after between um over a foot down gets released and some people are very susceptible susceptible to it um and that's why some people like it's a pleasurable thing oh wow unless it'd be a calming thing yeah like licking toads yeah if you're in the brain forest yeah so um yeah, they said, no, this is, I can't remember, but I think it begins with them. They said, we just found it. That's why gardening so some, relaxing because we're all stoned. Because some people actually take Works a, for me, yeah. a pleasure. <laughs> I thought, that's, isn't it funny that we learn things you just didn't know? Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. some people just don't like gardening. And some people go, no, this, I, no, I no, no, dig deeper, then you will yeah, like yeah, it. Just gotta, yeah, you've got to really go, go for it. For, yeah. If you're going to do it, you've got to really do but it. But you know what I love about What I love about running and what I love about gardening is because often my head is really full. Am I doing the PhD? Am I doing a workshop? I also am a professor at a business school as well. So lots and lots and lots of stuff going on. When you're running and when you're gardening, you're just focusing on doing the weeding or you're just kind of making sure you don't get hit by a car in a country lane so this you can't think about anything else yeah. and it's almost to me a bit like meditation gardening yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's a, a meditative quality to yeah. it well it removes uh, chaos really that it's giving well, it's you a release from, yeah and it's yeah. stripping your thoughts back and in the same way it's sort of you know sort of transcendental meditation yeah. whatever you know it is stripping back everything and just focusing on something guy, that's not thought he's a fitness you know? guy and he used to talk about you know going to the gym helps because the endorphins and blah 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 Absolutely. he said but for somebody people that have got acute like depression and things he said you just get them in and get them to do heavy squats because it's the worst thing it hurts so much he said for, for that moment when you're doing it everything just does go because you're just overpowering the body with like this thing i think right we're now. so bu- taking it back to gardening <clears throat> that we are so busy at the moment and we so partly because of social media and all these kind of reality shows we can get rich after six weeks of living in a house or you can win a million pounds or whatever we we want stuff now we are absolutely living in the immediacy. And with gardening, I've learned, I mean, I didn't have a garden all my life growing up in London, but mm. you have to wait. Yeah. Gardening takes time. Yeah. So at the moment, you know, I'm planning what um, the, we have a cut flower garden next year. We'll be able to just grow flowers that we were to cut and take into the house. It's going to take me, it's taking me ages to plan what that looks like. You know, I'm going to be planting them in November. I won't be actually picking them until at the earliest March. So, 
I've got five months. Unlike these these shows on TV where, you know, gardening the weekend and get an amazing yeah, garden. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be five months. I have to slow down. I have to slow down and enjoy yeah. the process and the journey. Yeah. And gardening allows you to You have to, to train pause. yourself into that as well because you've got too many other things vying for your attention, pulling you the other way. Do you remember, there was a Frank Skinner. He was on, it was just a part of his show. He was talking to people on the show. And he said to him, he was trying to think of the name of Time, what's the show, Time Team? Yeah. Well, they dig. Oh, Time Travel, I think. Is that time like? Team. Oh, time oh, team. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Baldrick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Baldrick. Yeah, yeah Baldrick. Well, <laughs> He'll always be Baldrick. And he's yeah. trying to think of the name. And he said, um, he said, what's the, he was trying to think of the name Time Team. And he said, what's the name of that show where people bad dressing and pointing at soil? <laughs> Someone with Time Team. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> Dress badly and point at soil. Oh, anyway. But also, you know, that whole thing about when you, when you are doing something like that and looking back, I think it contextualizes your life as well. So if you, I know that apparently there are people living in the land that I lived in over a thousand years ago. Yeah. And I look at my house, like, you know, from the 1560s and I think, who, th these lives are gone. These people had their troubles. They had their issues, you know, like me, their brother might have died. They're all sorts of things that, um, you know, they have, had financial struggles like I might have had in the past. It contextualizes your own life and yeah. says, this will be over one day, whether it's good or it's bad, this will be over one day. So that's one of the reasons I love history as well, because it allows you to say there are arcs, there are themes, but however, this true will pass. And what can we learn? Yeah. What can we learn yeah. from history? From their mistakes as well. So something like, you know, it's like, like the Chevalier Dion at Versailles. What was the culture of that court? Whether, you know, there were lots of issues, obviously, around the French aristocrats, which is why they had the revolution. But what was the culture at that court that the king recognized somebody who said, I am a woman? What, 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 yeah. How did they yeah, behave? They, yeah, what, can, so. what can we learn from that kind of acceptance and inclusivity that we may have lost today? And I yeah. love those sorts of conversations, which is why on the game, I'm trying probably, to make it relevant. Yeah, a lot of it is probably still there. The things they thought then were probably still being brought up now. Well, that's the, th that's the thing is people have the, still have the same hardware. I mean, this is why people say yeah. history repeats itself or history rhymes. So, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't necessarily repeat itself, it rhymes. And I think it's because people have the same hardware. People have the same brain and the, uh, the same things. And yeah. there are more or less same social pressures and people often behave in similar circumstances mm. in similar situations you know so you set up the circumstances people run around the maze like they like they will do you know 500 years ago 500 years from now so that that's the thing is that people you, you can learn from people's mistakes because yeah guess what they sometimes freak out or, or they have the same kind of weird sort of lizard impulses that we all do have. that so, was the great yeah. thing about our you know thinking back to the fact that we've just lost our queen that, that she has these weekly audiences with the prime minister which are completely secret you can't you know it's never divulged what they talk about but can you imagine that our current queen her first prime minister was winston churchill and her last prime minister was Liz Truss going in there <laughs> as uh, well, but going in there as as David Cameron or as John Major or Margaret Thatcher or Tony Blair? That level of knowledge, because history does repeat itself, she will have seen so many different incidences playing out, you know, in a different way, and be able to have that 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 historical knowledge and context to have the conversation with the Prime Minister, and that, that's one of the reasons I support this whole idea of a constitutional monarch and bringing that knowledge into into the Prime Minister relationship. What if, what if somebody snuck in to one of those meetings and they're just there playing the PlayStation, Mike Tyson knockout? <laughs> Off with his head yeah, is yeah. what would happen. Oh, oh, actually, Mike Tyson, you have a quote about historians. He's talking about people don't change, and he said, um, "History is just us in funny clothes." Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Although people, people can change. I do yeah. think yeah. The, the way we live now is part of social conditioning. Um, and, uh, and we all, the stories we tell each other 
uh, condition the way we behave. There's a whole piece going on in museums at the moment around LGBTQ plus history and taking artifacts from collections and saying, you know, this teapot here, you can look at it from a kind of a, you know, a fine china perspective, a piece of Georgian chinaware and what, you know, that was from colonial money, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can look at it and say, this was owned by a same-sex couple in Wales, the two ladies of Congolan, and they put their coat of arms on it together. And it's an example of a same-sex union before the laws of marriage were, you know, extended to to same-sex couples and then have a conversation around whether people should be allowed to get married if they're of the same sex. So you can... You can take history and use it to have conversations about how we want to live now, which is why I get so excited on the gay arista about this, yeah. this, this history stuff, because it was so boring at school. Yeah, think, and yeah. I want to make it relevant. I want people Your to... channel is very good. It's very well done. Thank you. And it feels easily well done. It's not like you don't think feel it's been researched up the backside where you go, I could, anyone could turn that Dates on are and learn. Yeah, yeah, I want you to be able to like be on the drive through at McDonald's, obviously in the pasture yeah, seat, not driving, yeah. and be able to kind of like get... 35 seconds. This morning I put something on about all you need to know about Mel Moral Castle in 37 seconds. So, you know, on the bus... Um, on, on you know at the back of a class when you're bored uh, just check on your Instagrams or on YouTube and get just you know bite-sized moments of brilliant history yeah. that's what do I'm you, looking um, to do, do, do what comes along with your fellowship at um, uh, Windsor Castle can you sort of go in like what can you else can you do so it's not a position of privilege actually it's, a, it's, it's a learning position so I go to, to, to sh- it's all about okay, right. about sharing wisdom with each right. other so I go to learn to be a better leader I'm and just understand. wondering if you get any free tickets or anything like that <laughs> We get to go to St. George's Chapel to even sign. But if I say I know <laughs> Lord O'Keefe, well, nothing. It won't, Absolutely not. No weight to it yet. No, no, okay. unfortunately not. Anything okay. on the guest list there? No, nothing. Yeah, you might have seen him running around early in the morning. Just have a check. You didn't really check the guest. You just actually have a check. Yeah. check all the uh, I did get a parking space actually just oh. after Harry and Meghan went to America. And I remember my husband said, Oh, they've got space available. Okay, right, yeah. Um, right, well, uh, that's fantastic. Um, I, th- I feel like we have to have Rune again to talk about. Um, well, not Thor movies. <laughs> I'd love to. I've had a great conversation. A brilliant um, morning we've had. I saw on the, um, there was a, where was I, in Basildon or something? They've, you, you know, get a roundabout and somebody said like sponsored by. Yeah. And they just had one giant sunflower in the middle. I thought, oh, well, great slap. Because you don't really see sunflowers. And the fact that it was just one as well seemed better than if there was like 10. It's just the one. It was like when I saw one of the greatest, there's a few single moments that I just think, wow, human beings are great. And one of them was, it was the Halloween. People had to decorate their Halloween, the houses in like Halloween in America. So you got the things and the lights and blah, blah, blah. And the winner, it was just, it was Stephen King's, you know, the It film. Outside his house, he had a drain pipe. There was nothing on the house. It was just one balloon, red balloon on a piece of... And I thought, that is class. Nothing on that. Nothing. And it looked creepy. Just one red balloon with a, on, from the drain pipe with a string. I, I used to take wow. my girls. Um, they, they, they lived in Notting Hill. And I used to take Notting Hill. It's full of Americans. Halloween oh, really? is okay. massive. Oh. If you're in London, Halloween, it's a fantastic place to go. And I used to take them around trick-or-treating. And, um, and I remember one year, one of the fathers turned up um, and his costume was President Trump. And I thought that was the best yeah. Halloween ever, ever. Yeah, very nothing, scary, isn't nothing it? Nothing yeah. to do. With, you yeah. don't you have just just wear the thing. Nothing. I was like else. my little Harry Potter, and there was President right, yeah. Trump. Someone else was Osama bin Laden. It was a bit of a Okay, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, oh, can I talk about missiles? To end on, just to show that we're. We were going to end on good. People are good. You said. I thought that's a nice. No, but this is no, sort of good. Okay. Right. So you know they they I'm just suspicious assass- the way you said that, but they've just it. assassinated, didn't they? Uh, one of Bin Laden's. I thought you could talk about the guy who organised nine eleven. Finish. Yeah, somebody like oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They killed it. anyway. 
But it, do you know how, how they killed him? It was a missile. But what they've done now is, because there were so many um, people being killed through missiles that were just hitting... Drone know, attacks. Yeah, uh, no, um, just like any explosive. Oh, God, right, yeah. You know, the drones were firing uh, to kill somebody in it. Because there was a statistic that to get to 18 people, they had to kill like 1,300 because of just the uh, um, explosions around it. You know, you want to kill that car there. We've got him. They fire it down. You kill five cars. And so what they... This is the first time they killed somebody with this new missile. It's called an R, RX9, an R9X Hellfire missile. And there's no explosives on it at all. Tell me about this, oh, yeah. did I speak about this already? But how does it work? Does it so impregnate and explode on you? No, no. It's, it's about five foot long. And it, it does the thing where it puts a laser on that person, pins point, and it fires at a thousand miles an hour. Five foot long. Um... But just as it hit, before it hits, it splits open and the metal blades are on it. So wow. it just goes through them. So it, I don't it, think it has, it doesn't have any explosives. That is There's something so straight out of Marvel, though, isn't yeah. it? I mean, kind of, but when you see the building that they got him in, it's just gone through the window. Wow. And I saw pictures of like what it had done before, and it will go into the top of a car, and you can see the car. But anybody outside the car won't get killed. It's like a, uh, like a telephone pole just going into them that's guided with these blades. And it's sort of a positive thing. I'm trying, that's why well, it's like a Looney Tunes thing almost, just dropping a safe on someone. It's just, yeah, it's just that. It's just, it's, but they said, yeah, within, like, it won't kill people outside of six feet. And I thought, well, I mean, it's a sort of step forward. You know, all the people have just been on marketplaces. Yeah, yeah all the like, innocent bypasses. Yeah, I can't end on that. Uh, no, but it's information. Yeah. But I thought I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Um, uh, are you reading any books? Anything? Podcasts you're listening to? Other than uh, this one. <clears throat> Apart from this thank one. You, yeah, keep, thank you, Gal, about I, this I, one. Re I really yeah. recommend the Battersea podcast. That's, that's, that's. The Battersea Ghost. The Battersea Ghost. I'm going to love that one. Uh, a fantastic. When fantastic. was the ghost supposed to have been around? Do you know? So it was like in Victorian days. Okay. Absolutely. But it's haunting now or 20 years no, ago? No, it's, or... it's the history of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, look up. Look up the Battersea ghost and Enfield haunting ghost. It's very important. Um, mock, I'm going to say again. Mock. It doesn't feel right to call you Mock. That's my name. That's my name. What is it? M-O-C? M-O-K. M-O-K. Yeah. Cool. Um, O'Keefe, Irish. Thank you very much. It's been welcome. a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll be great. back next week. Drink Bye, noble water. Yes. Lovely. Here's your story, let's begin. The water's fine, come on, dive in. The future's here, it's right before your eyes. Step by step, you're on your way. Welcome to a brighter day. Don't you know it feels good to be alive? You could be alive.